Welcome back, friends, to the Simply Disciple podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Martinez. So glad that you would spend part of your day here with us on the podcast. Most Christians feel unqualified and unprepared to make disciples. So we exist to help simplify disciple making so you can live out your faith and impact others. One of the ways that we can help you do that is by giving you a free gift. It's called Disciple Maker, right? It's my online Disciple Maker workshop, four steps to help you live out your faith and impact others. Go check that out. Link below in the description. There's so much in there. My tips, tools, strategies, uh, some awesome things in there that I use even daily uh, to make disciples here in the world. And so go check that out. Link below. My free gift to you, uh, free online workshop. Now, as we get started today, I have a treat for you. So typically, I'll sit here and I'll talk and and we'll discuss and converse about some tips or tools that I get to use and I want to share with you. Now, today what we have is actually a recording of me giving a seminar about the Bible. Now, a couple years ago, I was speaking to a group of students and I got to share uh, some awesome view on the Bible that I think will transform the way that you read God's Word and transform the way that you see God, which means it will transform the way that you teach others God's Word and to transform the way that you teach others who God is, right? And so I've re- recorded that and I'm presenting it here to you. So the audio quality is not going to be the same as it is here on this microphone. But man, I can tell you uh, that this is an awesome, incredible, mind-blowing uh, talk that will change the way that you see God's Word. The Bible is not about you. This is the topic tonight. The Bible is not about you. I'm convinced that if you understand and take to heart what I'm going to speak on tonight, you will radically change the way that you read Scripture. You will refresh the way that you see the world. I'm convinced that you will transform your relationship with God. If you understand and take to heart what I'm going to speak on tonight. So, big setup. But it all has to do with one question. And that's who is the main character of the Bible? You guys see? Am I in the way? Or... So, who's the main character of the Bible? Who's the main character of the Bible? God, Jesus. Yes, we'll sum it up. We'll say God. God is the main character of the Bible. And many people think they believe that, but they actually don't. They think they believe that, but they actually don't. Um, So they think it's about us. They think it's about humanity. We're going to touch on that um, tonight. So let me put it like this. This is Chris Hemsworth, a.k.a. Thor. Any Avengers fans? We got some in here. So my mom really likes Chris Hemsworth. It's true. So he is the main character of all the Thor movies. Not Avengers, but he's the main character. So anytime that a new Thor movie comes out or a Chris Hemsworth movie comes out, my mom is looking for who? Chris Hemsworth. So if there's an opening scene in the movie, who's she looking for? If there's a fight scene in the movie, who's she looking for? If there's a romantic scene, who's she looking for? Why? Why is she looking for him? Because he's the main character. That's why she's looking for him. He's the main character of his movie. Now, if God is the main character of your Bible, then as you open it, who should you be looking for? God. You should be looking for God. So do we? Do we look for God? So we should be asking questions like, where is God in this? How does he benefit from this? What's in this for God? And it said so oftentimes we in the American church can approach the Bible and ask, what does this mean to me? How does this make me feel? What kind of blessings do I get? Who am I, not who is God, in light of this passage? And we're tempted to approach Scripture and only look for us. So even in prayers, right? even in prayers, sometimes we can say, God, watch over this. 
take care of that, bless this, put a hedge of protection around this, thank you, and you can go now. And that's oftentimes what our prayers can look like. So we're often guilty of taking a robust, worshipful, God-centered view of the Bible and trading it for a shallow, insulting, me-centered view that makes the Bible about us. So we have missed out on what I believe to be among the most influential truths in Christianity. Namely, God is zealous for his glory and his glory among the nations. So scripture over and over again affirms this. All is for the glory of God. But we don't even know it because we're too busy thinking about less. I'll give you an example. Be still and know that I am God. Has anyone heard this verse before? Can anyone finish the other half of the verse? Did anybody know there's another half? Maybe not. That's okay because a lot of times we'll put up verses like this on pillows. We'll put them on posters. Um, and it's common. Um, but why do we like verses like these? Because it has to do with us. This verse makes you feel good. Be still and know that I'm God. And it makes you feel good. And so we take verses like this. I think of another one, Jeremiah. Oh, I forget something uh, where he'll prosper you. That's off the cuff. But anyway, so they make you feel good. They really do. We like passages like these because they're about us and they make me feel good. So let me ask you something. If I were to open your Bible and search through the pages and list out all of your highlighted and underlined verses, would they show that you think the main character of the Bible is you or God? <laughs> but, but seriously, though, but seriously, and because we like to go to feel good passages, right? I'm guilty of this in my quiet time. Sometimes I'll say, oh, I don't know what I'm looking for. Maybe I don't have a plan today. I'm going to go to a verse that feels good to me or a passage that I'm reminded of that feels good. And so oftentimes we'll go to passages about us and not something about God. We're all guilty of this. We go to feel good passages um, and we ask um, questions like what we get from God. This is the other part of the verse. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. All of American Christianity is guilty of taking verses, oftentimes out of context, and taking them uh, about God, where they should be about his glory, where? Among the nations, and it can be about us. That's the other half of the verse. Pretty crazy. Um, but God is zealous for his glory, and his glory is among the nations. So I have a few passages of Scripture we're going to look at really quickly. Um, and we're going to debunk popular stories in the Bible that people can assume sometimes that they're about them, when really they're not. They're about God and his glory among the nations. So the first one is David and Goliath. Um, so at this time, the Philistines are at war with Israel, and they present their champion Goliath, who is a giant. And at a time, if their champion wins, the other army loses, and they sack the city. And so Israel sits there and says, we have nobody to present. What are we going to do? David comes along, and he's a shepherd boy. And he says, here I am. I'm going to go. I'm going to fight Goliath. Now, oftentimes people will take passages like this and say, God will help you defeat your Goliaths. Right? David takes a sling and a, and a rock and he slings at a David, or Goliath's head and he dies. And it's like, God will be on your side. He'll take care of your battles. Goliath will fall because God is on your side. Now, that's not what the passage is about at all. This is what David says as he approaches Goliath. Goliath is taunting him and taunting Israel. Here's what it says. This day, this is David speaking, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give, this is pretty gruesome, I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. Why? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all the earth may know that there is a God. So David went to war to fight Goliath 
not thinking, oh, how much glory can I get? What Israel, glory can Israel get? He said, I'm going to go fight that the world may know that there is a God in Israel. It's for his fame. It's to make him glorious and beautiful and magnified. But that's the result. The result of the battle is that God will receive glory among the nations. <laughs> Other one, Daniel in the lion's den. Um, if you're familiar with this one, this is in the Old Testament. So Babylon has conquered Jerusalem. And King Darius is residing over um, as king of the region. And Daniel is a Hebrew, and he raise it, raise, is raised up through the ranks um, as a Hebrew, and he becomes a, a powerful man, and King Darius uh, is favoring him. And the officials of King Darius don't like it. And so they trick the king into making a, a law that says, basically, you can worship nobody except for King Darius. And if you worship someone else, you're going to be thrown into a lion's den. And Daniel will not have it. So he prays. And the king's officials catch him in the act, and they go to the king and say, look what Daniel did. He's worshiping somebody else, and it's not you. And so King Darius is like, dang it, because he loves Daniel. But he has to keep his word. And so he says, all right, to the lion's den you go. So Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. And King Darius, the next morning, runs and shouts down at the bottom, Daniel, are you still there? Are you alive? Has your God saved you? And Daniel comes up without a scratch on him. What's the purpose of that story? It's not that you would sit there and say, man, in your darkest days, God will see you through the lines. Yes, that's true. God will see you through your darkest days. It's not saying that, oh, in the midst of trial and error, man, God will be with you and he'll keep you unscathed from danger. That's not the case. This is what it's about. Then King Darius wrote, this is after Daniel's rescue, to, here it is, all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwelt in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree. That in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. So the purpose of this story is that God will be magnified, glorified, and made famous. That's it. It's not about making the Bible about us. It is about God. And so many stories of scripture are all about God if we take it at face value. So that's another one. Here um, is another. This is a Bible trivia one. You got a little bit tonight. Let my people go. So the Israelites are in Egypt. And God calls on Moses, and he says, I want you to go and take my people out of Egypt. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he says, let my people go. Does anybody know what the very next part of that sentence is? What Moses says to Pharaoh after that? It doesn't even say it. There's a Sunday school song, actually, that says it, but, or it doesn't say that either, so we don't know. But this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. What is the purpose for him to bring out his people? That they would worship God. That they would worship God. Let my people go that they may worship God. So yes, he loves them, but he desires to worship as well. In fact, in seven chapters, ten different verses, we find that God wants his people out of Egypt to worship him over and over. Uh, three during the wilderness, just sacrifice to the Lord. Worship me. Uh, a festival to me in the wilderness that they may serve me, worship me, worship me, worship me over and over again. The purpose of all of that is that God may be worshipped. And the crazy thing is that God tells Pharaoh at the end of it all why all the plagues happened. Why you went through all that suffering. Why your son died. What was the purpose for all the plagues? God tells Pharaoh, I've raised you up for this very purpose. That I might show you my power and my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. That God would be worshipped among the nations. His glory would be magnified and made known throughout all of the earth. That is the purpose for all the plagues. All of it. Now, there's one more story I want to share with you. It's that Jesus died for the Father's glory. 
This is going to be, this is my favorite part right here. So, Jesus died for the Father's glory. This is uh, John 12, 27, verse, uh, 12, 27, and 28. Now is my soul troubled. This is Jesus. Why is his soul troubled? He's about to go to the cross. He's about to go to the cross. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. For this purpose I have come. What's the purpose? Father, glorify your name. This is the purpose why I have come. And he's troubled because he's about to go to the cross for you. He is about to become sin. He who knew no sin is about to become sin for you on the cross. That's why he's troubled. But what's on his mind as he's going? Father, glorify your name. He wants the Father glorified. The other part of this, if you read this way, you'll also continue to find that Jesus, when he went to the cross, it was also for the Father's glory, but among the nations as well. Jesus died for the Father's glory among the nations. This is a crazy one. Romans 15, 8 through 9. So this is Paul. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. It's in the Old Testament. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. The Gentiles is anyone who's not a Jew. It's the nations. It's all of the earth. In order that, so Jesus became a servant, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for who he is in his mercy, his character. Who is the main character of this verse? It's God. God is the main character of this verse. It's about him. Paul is saying that Jesus died for the nations to glorify God. So, yes, it is clear that on one hand, Jesus died for you and had you in mind when you went to the cross. It is clear that Jesus has a personal name for you if you are in Christ and loves you unconditionally, that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Period. Nothing can. He loves you. And at the same time, on the other hand, Jesus went to the cross for God's glory and God's glory among the nations, that people may know him and worship him. So it's both and. It's a two-double-sided coin. That's what it is. And so we find that the truth is Jesus died to get us and to give God glory, to get us and to give God glory. So understand this. If we aren't careful to read scripture through a God-centered eyes and through God-centered heart, we mistake the Bible to be only about us. So I have a challenge for you. In your own Bible reading, underline every time you see nations, peoples, earth, languages, tongues, all of those words. Because so often, and I'm included in this, of only underlining verses that make me feel good. Only under verses that make me say, oh, this is the only way that God thinks about me. But God doesn't just want your love. He wants the love of the people he died for as well. So in your own Bible reading also, underline every time you see something that references God in the name, glory, worship, blessing, honor, praise. I guarantee it's over and over and over and over again. It all is for his praise and his glory and his honor. And the crazy thing is if you find a verse that talks specifically about you in a way that makes you feel good, it can be about you and your identity in Christ. If you go a little farther down, most of the time, it will talk about God being glorified through that. So I'd say as you're reading, find that good verse. And I'm not saying it's, not, it's wrong to go to feel good verses because we need those. And I would say memorize them all day long. But we are tempted to only look at ourselves and not to look at God. And so... We go from a me-centered theology to a God-centered theology. We grow in our understanding of Scripture with this approach. We grow in our understanding of who God is, who his character is. We grow in the way we approach God. We grow in the desire to see God receive worship among the nations. The last thing I have for you is to pray. So if we go back, it says, In order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. 
That's God's character, who he is. When you pray, pray with God in mind, thinking of his character, meditating on who he is. Don't just say, God, would you bless this and give me that? God, would you have me have to do this? Think, God, man, you are beautiful. You conceived the idea of color. You set boundaries between earth and sky. Brag on your God. Brag on your God. And you'll see yourself go from a me-centered theology to a God-centered theology. Read your scripture like that. I'm convinced if you understand these things, you'll transform everything about your Christianity in your relationship to God. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are so good and kind and righteous and holy and beautiful. God, you created us. You are wise and understanding. God, we thank you for who you are, not just what you've done. God, because of who you are, we can't help but want to worship you. We know that the theme of this project, God, is worthy. God, may we look at you as worthy. Not just because of what Jesus did on the cross. May we continue to look at him and marvel. Look at the cross and marvel. And may we look at you and marvel and worship and wonder at our God. It would be so powerful. And we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. That we might be in relationship with this God, with you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that we might know you and brag on you. We thank you for the privilege, God, to read your word. We thank you for uh, the understanding that your Holy Spirit would give us. Father, I pray that we take these things to mind and see you for who you are. God, and seek to magnify you among our peers in this place and make you famous among the nations. God, let it be all for the sake of your name or not at all. And it's in the name of Christ I pray. Amen. Before we leave, uh, don't forget the online Disciple Maker Workshop is free for you. Link below in the description. But also, if you are enjoying this content, go ahead and rate uh, and review. Go ahead and subscribe and like the channel. I mean, man, I'm just saying, if you're enjoying this uh, content, please let us know. We'd love to hear. We'd love the support. Okay, let's let's go uh, as I pray. Father, we thank you so much for this truth. Just praying that you would transform the way that we see your word and the way that we see you. Let it be so for the sake of your name among the nations. Amen.